for this beautiful Lord's Day that you woke us up started us on our way thank you that you're faithful thank you that you saved us thank you that you keep reminding us of your promises now God we pray that you would transform us to your image in Jesus name amen church say amen church say amen let me let me let me let me let me set the table let me let me set the table I understand why some of us can't shout we got too much we are spiritually constipated. We got, we came in here with too much junk. Can I get a witness? Listen to me. When the Holy Spirit finally gets a breakthrough about Jesus, you gonna run all around this church. And you won't care who sees you? you? You won't care. You you won't care what falls off. Because when I think about the goodness, has, hasn't he been good? Hasn't he been good? In spite of you, the Lord is good. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me 
my soul cries out. Hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Listen, 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 listen to pastor. We're going to get in the word. Listen, you cannot come into the presence of Jesus Christ and be cool, calm, copacetic, and laid back. Listen, when Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, who was also pregnant with John the Baptist, she was in her sixth month, yeah, Mary was in her first month, both ladies were pregnant. And the Bible says when they came together, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, once the baby came into the presence of Jesus Christ, the baby in Mary's womb, the Bible says the baby leaped. When you come into the presence of Jesus, you got to leap. You got to thank him for who he is. You got to praise him for what he's done. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my high tower. I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ain't no, ain't no need to play music. They don't even know what they dancing to. Listen. Listen to me. I ought to be able to run around this church for a year on what the Lord has already done. Look, 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 look. If our theme, if our thematic thrust through preaching was what the Lord has already done, we ought to run around this church for a whole year. When I think about, can I get a witness? Then when we get finished running that year, we ought to run on what he's doing right now. Can I get a witness? Faith says he's doing something right now. Then, then I ought to by faith run on what he's going to do. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And everything that happened in your life bad to you, you got to wrap that thing around Romans 8.28. And we know that all things are working together for the good. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't understand it. But he's working my bad for my good.
church say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. And all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. For he loadeth us with benefits. We greet you this morning in the precious, miraculous, exalted name of Jesus Christ. And truly God is an awesome, awesome, awesome God. I heard old preachers say, if God doesn't do anything else, listen to this, he's done enough already for me to praise him throughout eternity. Already. If he doesn't answer another prayer, we got enough to shout on throughout all eternity. Why, preacher? Because he snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garments. Put me on a street called Straight. Can I get a witness? Wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Praise him. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Giving honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to our co-laborers in the pulpit, to one of our dear sons, Pastor Amen Lightfoot. Stand, brother. Thank God for you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. His lovely wife. And to all of you, truly God is an awesome God. I enjoy it. Our praise dancers, our awesome choir. Lord is, Lord is mighty, mighty good. This morning we're in Ephesians chapter 4 as we approach another attitude. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to dissect a portion of scripture that we hope to preach on today. And I'm glad we shouted. In Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 29, get a say amen. Let no corrupt communication, the word corrupt, Kapaluo in the Greek, it means to be a retailer or a peddler of poison. Do not allow yourself to become a peddler of poison. Let no corrupt communication, amen, proceed out of your mouth. Amen. But that which is good to the use of edifying, okadoma, 
means to build up. Only speak what will build up someone else and not tear them down. Are you getting the gist of this? Yeah. He goes on to say that it may minister. Grace, charis, is the Greek word, which means a pleasurable delight in beauty unto the hearers. Everything that come out of your mouth and out of my mouth are to bless the people that's hearing it. Uh oh. And not satisfy the one that's sending it. My God. Hanging there with me. Look what he says. And grieve not the Holy Spirit. Lupe, don't bring pain and sorrow to the person of the Holy Spirit because of the way you talk. Let all bitterness. Pakros, which means to cut. Don't cut folk with your words, with your wrath, your anger, your clamor, and your evil speaking. Be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, pitiful, compassionate, forgiving, interesting word for forgiving, let it go. Whatever somebody has done to you, let it go. I can't let it go. Let it go. Look what he says. Forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. My God. Mm. This morning I want to preach around the subject critically ill. Critically Ill. The greatest poison to a person's healthy perception of themselves is the constant criticism of another. A critical spirit touts one's confidence, torments one's commitments, and tears apart one's character. And when there's an ongoing criticism to a person, it leaves them as a mental midget. Decreases their motivation, stunts their maturity. A critical spirit rips the joy out of relationships. Nobody wants to be in a relationship where somebody is always criticizing them. But more importantly, it reveals an attitude of superiority in one's reasoning 
It ruins the feelings and the faith within themselves. This deadly sin, and it is a sin, is always finding fault. Always finding fault. Always pointing towards the failures of another. Always fingering another's shortcomings. People with a critical spirit, and if you have a critical spirit, here's what's operating inside of you. You are, listen, you are unforgiving, you are unloving, and listen to this now, you, you are unacceptable to yourself. As you criticize another, you're putting up on the screen what's wrong with you. Now, now, let me stop pausing part because I understand we motivate our children and, and they, they will call it criticism. We may even call it criticism. Um, I drive. I was driven all my life, driven by my parents to do better, driven in school, driven in sports, you know, and, and, and there are people who motivate by driving us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just being critical just being negative and nasty. Yeah. And, 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 and one of the things that we have to understand is that out of fear, we're critical. We don't want our children to end up like us, so we criticize them, which is really not helping the situation. Yeah. We don't know how to love, so we criticize people to be something, we don't know how to communicate. The sender and the receiver is on two different wavelengths. You saying, I love you, and someone else hearing that you love them is like day and night. Because we can beat people to a pulp for years and not even understand the whys why they respond the way they do, why they react the way they do, why they reason the way they do. They've been beat down. I was saying this morning, I was home last night watching this program lock up late, and it was about all these, it was a woman's prison with all these girls in, in jail, young girls in their 20s and 30s, and I literally sat there and cried the lack of love that was obvious in their lives, on drugs, crying, never really been loved, never really been accepted, and the sum total of their life is just negativity. I, I believe that when we look at this matter of being critical, and we're gonna deal with some of the personality traits that many of us have, I, I, I go back to the excerpts out of James McDonald and, and Barb Peel's book, Lord, Change My Attitude. I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to change my attitude. There are things in my attitudes that are not from God. Do I have a witness? 
I, uh, when God called Adam because of his sin, the first thing came out of Adam's wife mouth was the woman you gave me made me do it. Are y'all praying with me? So I had a real life experience this morning. She don't even know it. I, I, you know, I get up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm in meditation, prayer. And, and, and this morning I had breakfast and I, I'm leaving, had my little cereal. I'm leaving the house and, I, and my suit jacket I left on a kitchen seat. Put my overcoat on and my hat and going out the door. And I got all the way to my study, opened up my coat and said, I ain't got my jacket. And as I was getting in my car, I said, if my wife wouldn't feed them dogs, she could have reminded me about my jacket. Yes, I did. I ain't tell her that. So when I went back home, my wife said, what's wrong? I said, I left my jacket. The Lord said, don't you even try it. (laughs) Don't we blame others don't we criticize others when we fall short let me let me let me look at that dark clock and preach and if you don't want anybody talking about you or formulating opinions about you critiquing you or criticizing you don't pastor that just comes with the territory the more members the more opinions can I get a witness that the fact of the matter is, is that when we begin to look at this devastating attitude, we opened up with complaining, and a lot of us complain. Don't we complain? How many of y'all complain? Come on now, put your hand up there. This is therapeutic. If you put your hand up and confess it to God, God might heal it. We, we complain... And the opposite of complaining is being thankful. Instead of complaining, thank you, Lord. Amen. And, 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 and then we dealt with covetousness, which is a hidden hunger of greed and power. And the opposite of that is being contented, contentment. This morning, it's having a critical spirit. Critical, 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 critical. I know the Lord holds me to a standard. My son is 22, graduated college. I I thank God for him. I love him. And when I look at my son in any kind of way, under my critique, the Lord says, and what were you doing at 22? And somehow, I hang up the phone on the Lord. <laughs> how, many of y'all, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? We, we wouldn't dare go there, would we? Mm. Now, God made us all different, and we have these different personalities, personality profiles, and, and you know, we, we're going to just throw it out there. I'm a D. D's, stay with the D's. D's are doers, they're dominant, they're, um, 
you know, duty bound, they're driven, and I'm driven to excellence, driven. And the problem with me is that while I'm driving, if you get in the way, I'll drive over you. <laughs> I'm driven, and under difficulty, I can be nasty because I'm trying to get to my end product. I'm trying to reach my goal. Can I get a witness? All right, well, don't, don't, don't just take it out on me. Look at some of you are C's. C's are contemplative and analytical, which makes them very critical. They watch everything, and they, they got an alternative way of doing it. They'll drive you up the wall. They just criticize. Are you getting me? How many of y'all C's? Analytical. Oh, no, now, now nobody's a C. Sister Gordon's a C. So C's and D's, we, we come out banging. Bing, 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 bing. Then there's the eyes. Yeah, those are the self-centered. They want all the attention. Here's Johnny. <laughs> and when they don't get attention, they'll do anything. Then there's the S's. Submissive, silent, supportive, surrendered. Great people. I'm trying to get more S in my D. Now, how many S's? Now, watch this. How many S's out there? Now, I figured that. Now, everybody's S. You just got back on the choir. You ain't no S. Get out of here. So, the thing is, you, you're, you and I are not simply a D or I. We, 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 we share mixtures of these personality traits. Some are dominant, some are not. So you can have a DI, DC, CD, amen, SD. And, 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 and so God made us that way. That's our personality trait. But the Holy Spirit wants us to balance through love, listen, our personalities where we love and serve one another regardless of the personality trait. Amen. Be kind and tender-hearted and loving. Are you getting this? And, 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 and so when we begin to look at this matter of critical, being critical, we don't want to be judge, jury, and justifier. We don't want to see ourselves as having all of the wherewithal to judge another person. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Who at times, Jesus was a D. He drove him out of the temple. Jesus was very contemplative and critical of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. Isn't that right? Come on now. Jesus had I in him. He said, as the Father works, I work too. Right? And, 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 and we know he was very submissive and surrendered when he didn't mumble a single word from the cross. So one of the things we want to do today is kind of look at this matter of this critical spirit because I have run into people and all that comes out of their mouth is negativity. There are no positive traits. 
And, and, and so as we look at this from, from, from the scripture, and we just read in Ephesians what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, how he wants us to be, I don't know about you, but I want to change under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I want to become more Christ-like in my thinking, my walking, my talking. Can I get a witness? I don't want to lay nobody out, cuss nobody out, fight nobody. I want to, I, I want to, I, I want to be a reflection of who he is. Are you getting me? Amen. And, and, and so as we look at this matter of a critical spirit, now it would help for us to acknowledge, some of us are just overly critical on our kids. We're beating them down. We're overly critical to our marriage mates. And it starts there. Yeah. We're overly critical usually people closest to us we criticize and criticize and criticize and i think the rule of thumb is always preface a negative with a positive can i get a witness if the wife makes soup and it's nasty you just don't come out and say it's nasty you say, honey, you, you do a great job. <laughs> With eggs and bacon. But, 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 but we got to work hard not to be critical of one another. Amen? You can't go home and say to your husband, look at that stomach. You can't do that, brethren. You can't do that. Say, say, you have beautiful legs. <laughs> then you say, look at that stomach. <laughs> so we got to learn how to not be overly critical of one another. Amen. Amen. First, I want to deal with the root of a critical spirit. And roots are large parts of trees which are responsible for the growth of the tree. However, the root is underground. Meaning, the root of our critical spirits are hidden. It's a cover-up. If you grew up in a home where there was abusive language, if you grew up in a home where you were called stupid, dumb, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything, you were beaten down in your self-esteem. Can I get a witness? And you know what we tend to do? We really tend, if the Holy Spirit doesn't change us, we tend to repeat this to our kids. The way we were raised, we, we tend to raise ours the same way. Amen. That, that, that this root, this root is... Listen, it's a cover-up of criticism and, and, and the real root, if you will, is negativity buried deep in the root. There are two types of people, listen to this, encouragers and analyzers. Now, encouragers come alongside and just encourage you. I, I, listen, 
Um, I never demanded of my kids to make straight A's. You know why? Because I never made straight A's. Never. Ever did I make straight A's. Got close? Never. For me to now demand that my kids make straight A's is unfair. We can motivate them to study. Can I get a witness? But who are we to create a standard that we ourselves never met? I'm preaching up in this place. Who are we to demand that they go to an Ivy League school? Yeah, when we took courses at the Salvation Army. Who are we? The fact of the matter is, is that you can encourage, but when you start becoming analytical, you become, listen, or you can become critical, which causes anger, disappointment, false expectations, and even guilt. There's a root here. I'm criticizing you because there's something in me that I'm not satisfied with. I'm unloving, unforgiving, unaccepting of myself. So my way of hiding and covering up my stuff is to criticize you. Yeah. We do it all the time. I've learned because I was in the military seven years and did classified work, I learned you cannot judge the president or the Congress or the Senate Amen, just by what you hear on the news. Because once you take the office of presidency, you are briefed with intel, intelligence, that's not in the paper. CIA comes and says, here's the, latest, here's the real deal. And the real deal is nothing like what you thought it was. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, 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 so the fact of the matter is, is that when we begin to look at this cover-up, this cover-up of criticism, amen, and, and uh, yeah, that we see the, the greatest cover-up in Numbers chapter 12. Go back to the Old Testament. Turn to Numbers chapter 12. I'm going to show you the cover-up of criticism, and it is a cover-up. Numbers chapter 12, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Numbers, Pentateuch, Torah, first five books of Moses. Numbers chapter 12, when you get it, say amen. amen. Now look at verse 1. And Miriam, this is Moses' older sister, and Aaron, Moses' older brother, spake out against Moses because of the what? Whom he had married. Now let me put it in context. Moses married a sister. No, 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 listen. Mo Moses married Zipporah first. Zipporah was a Jewish woman. And Zipporah was responsible for circumcising Gershom. 
because she told Moses, are you altogether a bloody man? And if it had not been for his beautiful wife Zipporah, God was going to kill Moses. Yeah. Years and years went past and Zipporah died. So Moses married Keturah, who was an Ethiopian woman. And verse 2 says, and they said, have the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Have he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Oh, I'm going to teach this thing, Doc. What does one thing have to do with the other? What does him marrying an Ethiopian woman have to do with who God speaks to? It's a cover-up. Miriam is Moses' older sister who fetched him out of the Nile, who, amen, took care of him for Pharaoh's wife, yeah, who sang a song of praise, Exodus 15, after they came out of the Red Sea. And Aaron was his older brother who helped interpret it for God, God's instructions to Moses. Now look what they're saying. Does God only speak through Moses? Doesn't God speak through us too? Their real problem is Moses' authority. Not who he married. It's a cover-up. And you know what we do in life? When we get angry with somebody, when we start critiquing and criticizing somebody, we always got a cover-up reason why we criticize them. And God, the Bible says at the end of verse 2, and the Lord heard it. He hears everything. He sees everything. Here's what God says so I can shorten this chapter. God told Moses, excuse me, I speak to you face to face. Did not your sister fear the fact that I speak to you face to face? That she would be so prideful to dare throw that at you? Cover up. I've heard people say in the church, she thinks she's cute. Well, you do too. Whenever you hear somebody say that, she thinks she's cute, you do too. That's why you said it. Now, we got beautiful ladies here at St. Matthews. All of you are beautiful. Sorry. Right, beautiful. But there are some that are naturally beautiful. They get up in the morning. They don't have to put no makeup, no Maybelline, no lipstick. They just wash their face, come to church. Beautiful. If I just describe you, put your hand there. Can, can I ask a question, Tony? There's a sister out there that just raised her hand, and she got so much makeup on, she looked like a, she like a dust storm. She like a dust storm, and she gonna put her hand up. How, how you gonna do that?
cover up. <laughs> My God, today. This thing is getting tight. So, our criticism of another could be, maybe I'm jealous, maybe I'm envious, maybe they got a perfect shape, and I'm struggling. Maybe what they drive, how they dress, how they're revered in church, maybe all of this is bothering me. So secretly, my cover-up is to attack them. My God, today. The root of a critical spirit is always, and I can, I can say this to you. Show me a person who takes their tongue and tears people down. I'll show you a history of hurts in their life. I'll show you from the time they were born to where they are now, they were slammed and slaughtered by negativity. Because Jesus said it was, it's what comes out of your mouth that defies you. Isn't that right? People who are secure within themselves don't have to tear other people down. You're not getting this. If I'm accepting of myself, secured in myself, love myself through the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't have to say anything negative about you. I'm free to build you up. Right? I'm free. I'm free. I'm free to clap for you. I'm free to say, Jeannie, great song. Jackie, great song. You understand? I'm free. I'm, I don't have to be competitive with you when I'm securing myself. I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get away? I, I don't need to whisper in somebody else's ear and, and bring divisive, yeah, talk to somebody else about you. I'm, I'm all right with myself. The root. Secondly, the ruin, not of a critical spirit, but a condemning spirit. See, Condemning and critical are cousins. Can I tell you some cousins? Let me talk about some cousins. Anger and hurt are cousins. You get angry because you've been hurt. You don't get hurt because you've been angry. Oh, I'm preaching now. When we get angry, it's because something has hurt us. Come on now, ain't that right? You make me sick. Boy, that's strong, isn't it? I can't stand you. I don't know why I married you. I should have dropped dead in the aisle. I should have never married Joe. No, I'm, I'm trying to, wait a minute. Don't, don't act like you ain't never heard that. You, you heard more than that. Look at this. I'm, 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 talk <laughs> I'm talking about the venom. The venom is coming out. And we don't spew some venom, Doc. 25 years ago when I came to pastor this church, I had women came. I was 37 years old. They came to me. I, I'm old enough to be your grand. I got grandchildren your age. 
So I'm sitting here saying, now, what does they got to do with me pastoring? <laughs> I figured it out. You know what they were saying? You can't pastor me. You're too young. Isn't that what they were saying? So I said, let me tell you what you and your grandchildren can do. You can praise the name of Jesus. <laughs> you, 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 you understand what I'm saying. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's always a message behind the message. It's not what people are saying to you, it's what they mean. It's what they mean. Mm. Look at a ruin, pride. Pride causes me to push others down so I can come to the top. Uh-oh. If I say enough bad things about you, I'm going to look good. Isn't that right? That these attitudes follows a restless spirit that you have to come out feeling as the superior one while others feel inferior. You know what I noticed? The, uh, this, this is just in my lifetime. I might be wrong. The most intelligent people living do not demand titles. Here's somebody with three earned doctorates, and they'll say, just call me Bob. And here's somebody that, that paid for their degree or cheated to get in. I am, my name is Dr. And, and we ought to get, no, no, we ought to give, we, we ought to give credit where credit is due. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not talking about you don't call them that, but everything should hinge on that. Should it? Should hinge on that. That these attitudes, these attitudes, these attitudes. Here's a classic line. As we criticize the skills of others, we show ingratitude for the toolbox God has given us. That's profound, isn't it? The ruin, the pride. And, and uh, I had somebody come up to me years ago and say, you know, uh, I just need to say this to you. I said, yeah, what is it? I don't like you. <laughs> and, and, you know, I said, that's fine. I said, but why you don't like me? I don't know. I just don't like you. <laughs> Be it man, as you said, that people kind of measure themselves as they measure you. <sighs> Here's a doctor right here. Great man. Love him. Vietnam veteran. Love him. If I keep looking at him and his accomplishments and I bounce them back to myself, Bruce, I start shrinking. I start not accepting who I am in the light of what someone else is. Why can't we just appreciate each other 
And if you're a housewife, say, you know what? God bless you. Why, 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 why do we have to come up with these different levels of acceptability? Why? It brings disunity. We divide. It brings disharmony. And the Bible says, how can two walk together if they agree? It brings discontentment. People cannot feel loved and appreciated. It brings a desensitization of people. We're desensitized to their feelings. We're deflated. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 said, Search my heart, O God, and know my being. If there's anything in me not like you, move it. There's a classic story of a condemning spirit. God forbid, I can never condemn anybody because I have an assessment of where the Lord brought me from. And I mean, and I mean, the Lord is good. Turn to John chapter 8, classic. Classic. John chapter 8, St. John chapter 8. We know it by heart. John chapter 8. And I want you to see for the sake of time that Jesus, verse 2, was favored and fruitful. He went out to the Mount of Olives, verse 1, verse 2, and early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people, uh-oh, stop! All the people came to him. He sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. Taken in the act. Taken in the act. They didn't hear about it. It wasn't on CNN. They didn't speculate. They caught this woman in the act. They caught her doing the coochie-coochie. They, they, they caught her in the act. They opened the door and she was laying there in adultery. In the act. The problem with this story is, where's the man? I'll tell you in a minute. The, man, the man's got a stone in his hand. And he's outside waiting to stone her. <laughs> oh, you get this one. They caught her in the act. And here's what they said to Jesus. Verse 4, Master. They got a lot of stinking nerve. They can't stand Jesus. They hate him. They got the audacity to call him Master. It's like some of y'all don't mean me no good, but you call me pastor. <laughs> I love you too. They said, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very what? Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such a one should be stoned. 
What do you have to say about it? Pitting him against Moses. Mm-hmm. They said this, verse 6, tempting him that whatever he said, they might have an accusation against him. Now, 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 Jesus cannot say, well, Moses was wrong. Moses wasn't wrong. Right? So the Bible says, and it's right there, we've been here before, that Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. Now, let me, let me stop pausing for because the hand of God through Scripture, the finger of God is deep. It wrote the Ten Commandments on Sinai, gave it to Moses. In Daniel chapter 5, when the kingdoms were changing, a finger showed up and wrote on the wall of a party, an orgy, many, many tikkun yufarsin. It was the hand of God. Your days are numbered, you're going to die, and the kingdom is being snatched out of your hand. And here the hand of God is writing on the ground, and Jesus is writing as though he heard them not. Now nobody knows what he's writing. It's speculation. He's probably writing the names of the women they had been with. Zephyrsa. Zufasa. Whatever. There's something here for us to see when we have a critical condemning spirit. The very thing you're accusing somebody else of, you've already done. Maybe not with the same people, but you've already done it. Mm. And look what it says here. I, I, I. So when they continued asking him, they got a nerve to continue the question. He lifted up himself and said, he that is without sin, and in the Greek is specificity, he that is without this particular sin, cast the first stone. My God. Guys, if you never laid up in adultery, throw the stone. If you're not full of hell, hurl it. And the Bible says they went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, the Viagra crowd. <laughs> Let me tell you why older people need to be quiet. Because they got more history. Can I get a witness? You can, you can pull something back. Child, child, child of God, they went out being convicted in their conscience. Verse 9, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, here it is, no man, Lord. Let me tell you what Lord denotes, your God. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. 
why did Jesus couple her sin with her continuation of sin? Because Jesus knew this woman needed to be released by love. And being released, she would become liberated enough not to repeat a sinful life. Sometimes all people need is to be appreciated. Just appreciate it. Can I appreciate the music you play? I really appreciate he I he don't he he doesn't need to he doesn't need to feel that. He needs to hear that. When's the last time you really encouraged your children? You're always fussing at them, throwing stuff at them. When's the last time you said, you know, I really appreciate all that you do. I love you. That goes a long way. It goes a long way. Hmm. This condemning spirit associated, listen, with the critical spirit. You'll never be anything. You're, you're dumb. You're stupid. Did it? We keep pouring that on people, and here's what happened. You ruin them for life. Conversely, you don't need to lie to them. If they're doing bad, you need to confront it. You shouldn't call bad good and good bad. That's equally wrong. A good loving parent is going to square with you. Can I get a witness? And, and, ch- and child of God, child of God, child of God, I believe that part of the reason some of us don't do good in life is because we've never been encouraged in love. Never. We always hear what we don't do. We always hear what we're not doing. We never hear anybody say, you know what? Even though you failed this test, I love you and I appreciate you trying to pass. That goes a long way. It really does. But third, look at the remorse of a compromising spirit. Turn to Galatians 2, 11 to 21. Real quick, I'm going to synopsize the story. This, for the sake of the sermon, is a legitimate reason to be critical because a lie has gone forth. In Galatians chapter 2, beginning at verse 11, are you with me? Let me, let me synopsize the story. Paul, apostle, approaches Peter, an apostle, and by the way, when you look at the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles, 12 apostles, really 11, Matthias was never used, the book of Acts is about two men, Peter and Paul. Peter and Paul. The first nine chapters is about Peter, and then Peter goes into chapter 10 with Cornelius. The rest of the book is about Paul. Comes off Damascus Road, three missionary journeys, And he's locked up, he's in prison. But in this story, Peter makes a very terrible doctrinal error. I had a prophet, PCB, in 79, 
And he said, Paul said, Peter, your breath gives you away. When you're with the Gentiles, you eat ribs and chitlins. When you're with the Jews, you eat kosher sausage. You got everybody messed up, including Barnabas. What Peter was doing was there was a big council meeting at Jerusalem in chapter 15. Do you need to be circumcised to be saved? And the answer is no. Do I need to speak an unknown tongue to be saved? No. Do I need to be baptized by water to be saved? No. Yeah, Jesus said be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy but not as a requirement for salvation. Do I need to run up and down the church? Do I need to usher or sing on the choir or tithe to be saved? No. Getting quiet on me. We're saved by grace, love we don't deserve, through faith, and that faith is not yours, it's a gift of God. Peter started bringing back all these dietary laws that were under the law of Moses, all these observation of days, Pentecost, unleavened bread, Passover, and all that was finalized in Jesus Christ. So Paul rebuked him openly. He criticized him openly. Peter, you're wrong. And because of you, you've caused divisions in this church. Now, you know, every time I do this, different denominations look at me and say, he's a heretic. I ain't no heretic. That's why that thief was on that cross. There was two thieves next to Jesus, one on each side. Do, do I have a witness? One thief said defiantly that Jesus was nothing. But the other thief said, no, shut up. And he looked at Jesus and here's what he said. There was no water in the air for baptism. There, there was nobody speaking in tongues in the air. There was no organ in the air. There was no choir in the air. There were no preachers in the air. And the thief said, Lord, I believe you are the son of God. When you come into your kingdom, remember me. That's all he said. That's all he said. And Jesus said, now watch this now, this day. Now stop pausing part. I might do this Easter. The math is messed up. How can Jesus say this day, you'll be with me in paradise, when after he died, he went into the grave three days and rose on the third day. Something's wrong with that math. And the answer is, nothing's wrong with the math. What Jesus was saying to the thief, when you put faith in me, this day, I'm going to take you and I'm going to run you down to Abraham's bosom. I'm going to put you in paradise. Then I'm going to come back to the cross and keep on dying. Can I get a witness? He said, you know what? This day, this You better read the Bible. It looks like Jesus is helpless on that cross, but he's in control of everything. Can I get a witness? 
He's in control of hell. He's in control of heaven. He's in control of Satan. Hanging on that cross. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. And while he was hanging on the cross, he uttered the seven last words of Good Friday. And one of the words was, into thy hands. I commit my spirit. He, he divested himself. He took out the 100% God and sent it back to glory. And he let the 100% man die. Because without death, he is not a redeemer. Can I get a witness? Then the Bible says when he died. And he did die. He died till the sun stopped shining. He died till the earth stopped reeling and rocking. He, he died to a Roman centurion said, surely this is the son of God. Can I get a witness? Peter says he went down in the shield. Start walking through shield and preached at the spirits. Who's the spirits? He didn't preach at humans. He preached at those that had been locked up. Those that kept not their first estate. Those angels that had been in bondage. And here's what he preached. I told you so. Can I get a witness? But early, I said early, early. Sunday morning he got up. Didn't he get up? I know he got up. That's why I'm up. Because he got up. That's why you're up. Because he got up. That's why you can praise him. Because he got up. That's why your children are all right. Because he got up. That's why you got. That's why you clothed in your right mind. Because he got up. That's why no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Because he got up. He got up with all, all, all power in his hands. He got up. He got up. He got up. Yes, he did. But we're going out the door. But I want to give you a reversal against a critical, condemning, and collapsing spirit. And the reversal is love, which will cover a multitude of sins. When folk don't mean you no good, love them. Love the hell out of them. Love all that mess in them. When they shooting at you, love them. When they trying to hurt you, love them. When they speak against you, love them. Because love is acceptance. Can I get a witness? Love is approval. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not arrogant. Love is not rude. Love is not futile. You can bear all things, believe all things, hope all things. Can I get a witness? I dare you to send out love. The next time hell comes in, send love back out. The next time threats come in, send love back out. The next time criticism comes in, send love back out. Because love will cover a multitude of sins. Can I get a witness? 
And when you love with the love of God, God gonna step in and fight your battles. Won't he fight your battles? He gonna step in and make a way out of no way. He gonna step in and put food in your cupboard, money in your pocket, clothes on your back. Say yeah, I'm a witness. He's good. He'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Won't he do it? My cup of joy will run over. Surely, I said surely, goodness, mercy will follow me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave here critically ill. Don't have a critical spirit. Don't be negative about everything. Don't tear folk down. Build them up. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here, you need to be saved. Put your hand in the air. I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ like that thief. Just raise your hand. Jesus said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Just put your hand there. Is there one? Perhaps you want to join the church of Christian experience, raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? You don't need to be analytical and critical. All you need to do is accept, approve, and love people. Love them. Love them. Hey, baby. Come on. Is there another? Stay right here. Now, she, she was a member years ago, went down North Carolina, right? Yes, went down North Carolina, she's back. Proper way. Is there another? Is there another? Let's look to the Lord. Father, teach us thy ways. Teach us not to be overly critical. Teach us not to tear people down. Teach us not to be a peddler of poison but to build people up, encourage them, just exhort them. And God, we thank you for building us up in the body of Jesus Christ. So let no negativity, let no poison come out of our lips, but only that which is used for edifying. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor loves you. See you Wednesday. Have a great day.